0: Thanks for listening to Parkview on the go. No matter where you're from, what your story is, or where you are on your spiritual journey, you belong here and we want to help you take a step toward God. If at any point along the way you feel like you want to have a conversation about faith, life, and where God might be leading you next, you can let us know at parkviewchurch.com slash next steps. That's parkviewchurch.com slash next steps. We hope this content encourages you to continue becoming the person God created you to be. Enjoy the service.
1: That was quick. <laughs> I was I was scooting out here. How we doing? We good? Come on now. Ah, no, it's just a little bit of a soggy weekend, but that's okay, that's okay, it's good, it's good to see everybody here. Welcome to everybody around Orland, everybody New Linux, Homer Glenn, everybody online. Glad you can be around this weekend, and we are starting this brand new series uh, called You Can Quote Me on That, and really what we're doing this summer, just so you know, if you haven't been around the last few weeks, is we're gonna take a whole lot of this summer uh... the next few months and we're just gonna be opening up our bibles and i know sometimes we have a bible sometimes it's a smartphone sometimes it's on the screen i understand that but we're gonna be opening up our bibles looking in our bibles studying the life of jesus and the teachings of jesus And I think it's going to be really, really, really good to just dig in again uh, afresh this summer to just who he is and how he lived and how we can live in that way as well. And uh, in in addition to studying the Bible, I know some of you during the summer have extra time to read and things like that, or maybe you're going on a vacation, or you have uh, some time off and maybe you like to get a book to read. I want to recommend a book also to go along with some of the things that we're studying about Jesus. Actually, I'll put it up here as well. Uh, It's called Beautiful Outlaw by John Eldridge and it's a great book just about Jesus and and who he is and, and how he lived his life. The subtitle is, Experiencing the Playful, Disruptive, Extravagant Personality of Jesus. And it's so good. It's so good. Pairing, when I'm reading the Gospels and then I'm also reading this uh, it, it's just been in, incredible, incredible. In fact, here's, here's what I wrote uh, after studying the Bible and reading this just this last week in my journal, in my quiet time. This is what I wrote down in my notes. I want to know Jesus as he intended, not as others have interpreted I just like really want to know who he is and, and sometimes the way he's been interpreted is spot on and really good but I think there are also some other parts of Jesus and who he is that maybe we haven't always been as accurate on in, in some of the ways he lived and thought and so I want us to really dig into that and so that's what we're going to do we're going to open up our Bibles and we're going to study the life and the teachings of Jesus this summer it's going to be good and, and as you know, as we're opening up our Bibles, uh, everything around us is also opening back up, isn't it? Our world, our city, our nation, everything is opening back up. Uh, I, I was down in the city some this weekend, and uh, I'll tell you what, it's, it's reopening it's busy, man. People are crazy. Uh, not obeying the little white walk thing, you know, the little thing tells you when to walk. Nobody, that, that's out. You just, they're just walking. People are walking everywhere. The restaurants are completely full. The coffee shops are full. People are taking vacations. The airports are full. The plane is completely uh, full. My family and I went and sat in a movie theater last week, like with other people, just breathing, you know, it's like, oh. My son and I bought tickets to a concert this summer. We're going to go to a venue where other people are this summer. It's going to be fantastic. So everything is reopening as we're jumping into this summer and starting to study. And here's what's been going through my mind the last few weeks as we get ready to step into this summer and re-enter this world. Here's the question I want to ask us and propose to us this weekend, and that is this. As we re-engage, are we Okay. As we re-engage and re-enter our world, are we okay? And I have a hunch that says, for a lot of us, we're not completely feeling okay. And I also have this idea that we probably need to be extra kind and extra gracious to everyone around us because everybody is going through something as we come back and re-enter our world. You don't endure a -a year-and-a-half-long pandemic where basically everything in life changes and just come out of that unscathed, everything is fine, how you doing? Oh, I'm good. Really? Really? Are we all good? I'm I'm not always good. People breathing on me, like I said, people not obeying crossing signs, I'm getting freaked out down there. Did you know this? Did you know last year in 2020, calls to crisis hotlines, mental health hotlines were up 900% last year? Divorce filings were up 26% last year? 40% 40% of Americans admit that they are feeling some kind of worry or some kind of depression or some kind of anxiety in their lives. And so here's what I just want to say if you're feeling a little off as you re enter, welcome to being human in the aftermath of a pandemic. It, it, I think it's okay if you're not feeling completely okay. Okay. Okay, but, but here's the thing, we don't want to stay that way, we want to regain our balance, we want to regain our dexterity, and, and we, want to, we want to begin to contribute again and re-engage and re-enter all of the different places, and, and, and so that's what we want to lean, lean into some of that in the teachings of Jesus today, and, and do, by the way, do you remember this, do you remember a couple of years ago when I introduced this, this bat to you, do you remember this, remember the bat and this whole, this whole guy right here, this whole thing? The balance of the bat. Whenever you're trying to balance something in your life, I thought this would be good for us as we head into this new series. Whenever you're trying to balance something like your family, your friendships, your marriage, your money, whatever it is, if if you're trying to balance something in your life and it feels a little off, it's like, ah, I'm a little worried, I'm a little off. The reason you feel a little off is probably because you've disobeyed one of the two main rules of balance. There are two rules that go to balancing anything in our lives, including a bat. Okay, we'll put these up on the screen. Here's the first one. These might be good for you. This may be worth the whole time this weekend if you want to just take a note on this. The first rule of balance is you've got to have a proper reference point, right? Anybody remember this? A proper reference point. The whole time I'm balancing this bat, I'm looking up at the top. You can see that, right? I've got my proper reference point. What would happen if instead of looking at that proper reference point, what would happen if I just began to look out? at all of you. <laughs> Almost immediately I lose balance. When I lose track of the proper reference point point, start looking at you, I'm gonna lose balance. Or when I lose track of the proper reference point and just look at me, even quicker, If I just take my eyes off what I'm supposed to be looking at and look at me, I lose perspective even quicker. We have to have a proper reference point in our life. Maybe the reason sometimes we feel a little bit off is because we've lost track of that. And I want to propose to us again this weekend that the Bible and the word of God should be the reference point in our lives. That's what we should be looking towards. That's what we should be studying and pointing our lives towards, whether we're 12 or 14 or 16 or 86 or 76, doesn't matter. This should be our proper reference point. That's the first part of balancing anything. The second rule of balancing is called constant corrections, right? So I have a proper reference point. I'm looking up there. But also, you see what my hand is doing the whole time I'm balancing this bat? It's making all kinds of little tiny corrections. Now, what, what, what if I stop doing that? I've got a proper reference point. Let's say I've got that locked in. But what if I just stop making corrections? What would happen? On the count of three. One, two, three. very quickly. If I stop making corrections, it's going to fall. The reason I love, the reason I love the Bible is because it can be our reference point. And the reason I love the teachings of Jesus is because they can be those little bits of wisdom and those little bits of correction that we can put into our life and go, oh yeah, That's why I feel a little off. That's why I don't have the dexterity I wish I had. So here's what I've been doing for the last several months. I've been just collecting little pieces of wisdom for reentering our world from the Bible and from the teachings of Jesus. How can we regain balance as we reenter our world? And, And here's the thing. You may not resonate with all of these things I'm going to share with you today. That's fine. But my guess is this. There will be a couple of them at least one or two of them, where you're gonna go, oh, that is me. I need, I need to write that down. I need to apply that to my life. And so that's what I'm hoping we can experience today in our time of study. So here we go. Some teachings from Jesus and the Bible on how to regain balance as we re-enter our world this summer. Here, here's the first thing. If you're taking notes, here's the first thing. Turn to God early and often. Early and and often. Allow God, allow His Word to be your reference point that you're pointing your life at as we re-enter into things this summer. Now, Jesus talks about this in the Bible. If you have a Bible, if you have a smartphone, if you have a tablet, Matthew chapter 6 is where we want to study some this weekend. This is Jesus' words. This is Jesus' teaching and he's talking about leaning into God often and, and trusting Him and giving Him our worry and our stress and our anxiety. I'm going to read it here. It's also going to be up here on the screen, just so you know. Here we go, jumping in Matthew chapter 6, verse 22, or right around there. Who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to his life? And, and why do you worry about clothes? See how the lilies of the field grow? They do not labor or spin, yet I tell you, even Solomon in all of his splendor was not dressed as one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? So do not worry. Is it Jesus saying this? Don't worry saying things like, what are we going to eat or what are we going to drink or what are we going to wear? The pagans run after these things and your heavenly father knows that you need them. And then I love this, verse 33, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Amen? It does. Each day has enough trouble, it has enough worry, it has enough stress of its own. Let's just let tomorrow be tomorrow. And let's seek God early. And let's seek God often. I love what verse 33 said there. Verse 33 says, but seek first His kingdom and His righteousness. Everybody say, seek first. Seek it first. That word seek in the original Greek language is the word zetio. Zetio, and it literally means to desire something or to crave. Crave it. Crave first his kingdom. Crave it first. Seek his kingdom first. Here's what I want you to know. Seeking God, and and, and I've always been, I've been following the Bible, I've been following Jesus for a lot of my life, but here, here, I'm, I'm speaking of just the last year or so during all of the tumultuous season we've been through over the last year year and a half seeking God first and really dialing into that has, has been a game changer for me in the last 18 months or so and I'm getting ready to share a couple things with you now that I just know that I, a lot of times I know when I'm going to share things people are going to be like they're going to push back and they're going to be like I you know I don't know if I'm going to do that I mean, I, because I'm going to share some things with you now. I'm just, I'm just warning you. I'm, I'm letting you know that some of the things I'm getting ready to share with you are going to kind of like start getting into your schedule of your world. And you're going to start going, well, Todd, I, I, you know, I got my schedule. Okay. So just leave my schedule alone. So I just, I just want you to know that, that you, that you know, that I know that you're, that's going to feel that way. Okay. So here's the thing before COVID, before, before everything we've been through over the last year or two, I used to get up in the morning about eight or eight 30. I don't know if that sounds early to you or not. Some of you are going, must be nice, right? Sleeping in all day long. (laughs) So so I would get up up about 8 or 8.30. That's when I would uh, get up on a typical basis. During COVID, I started getting up about 5 or 5.30 in the morning. So I went from getting up at 8 or 8.30, 18 months or so ago, I started getting up at 5 or 5.30 in the morning. And and here's the thing. It's not because I wanted to. It's because I needed to two here's what started happening to me and I've been realizing this for a while it's actually been years but I just dialed into it over the last year or so year and a half when I was getting up around eight o'clock or so 8 30 I, I was already when I woke up I was already feeling behind on my day and when I woke up and I was already feeling behind on my day I was almost always leaving God out of the first part of that day I just was and I'm a preacher okay Some of you are going, okay, I I was, I get up, I feel behind on my day, so the thing I can cut is I can cut God, I can do that another time, I can do that later, and God was getting left out, so here's what I decided, I'm going to need to wake up so early, I'm going to need to start getting up so early that that I don't even even know if God is up, okay, five o'clock in the morning, I don't even know if God is up, certainly no one else in my world is up, I'm going to start getting up then, and here's what I found, it's an incredibly powerful thing for me and probably many of us and you can be involved in this, to get up early in the morning and say, okay, God, here's the thing. I've got 1,440 minutes to live today. That's what I've got in 24 hours. I've got 1,440 minutes to live today. I'm going to give you the first 30 to 60 of those minutes. That's what I'm going to do. And I know some of you right now are going, you know, you're, you're like applauding and you're saying, yes, I agree. And that's good. And others of you are going, you're kind of skeptical and you're saying, okay, okay, Todd, you know, again, you are messing with my life here, you're messing with my schedule, and some of you right now are talking to me in your head, and you're saying, okay, let's, let's just say I did this, okay? Let's just say, it. I'm not saying I'm going to. Let's just say, let's just say I thought about what you're talking about. Let's just say I did this. If I got up and, and gave God the first hour, and spurt the, spent the first hour of my day with God, here's the thing, Todd, I would not have time to get everything else done. I know that's what's going on in some of your minds. And here's what I would say to you. Here's what I would say. That's true. That's probably true. If you continue to get up when you always do. It's probably true. But if you got up an hour earlier, that can be a game changer. Or 30 minutes earlier, that can be a game changer. Here's what I've learned. Here's what I've learned that has reduced the stress and the worry in my life as I've leaned into God and turned to Him early. It changes my capacity when God becomes my priority. Literally, my productivity and my capacity on what I can get done in a day changes when I make God a priority. And some of you know this. You know this principle, right? If you want to put it in your notes, priority determines capacity. It just does. This is a truth that that you've experienced all throughout your life. Let me just give you an example of that recently that hopefully will relate to your summer. Priority determines capacity. A couple of weeks ago, me and Renee got away, that's my wife, um, for a couple of days to celebrate her birthday. Okay, just just like two or three days we, we went away to celebrate her birthday. We packed enough stuff for about a month. This is not a joke. It, and it wasn't all her. I had too much stuff too. Okay? But we were going away for just two or three days, and we packed enough stuff to be away for like 30 days. And then here's the thing. Some of you have learned this as well. Some of you have kiddos, you know, and you're getting ready to go on summer vacations and things like that. Some of you have learned what I learned. When it comes to packing the car for a trip, I will pack the car. I do not need everybody packing the car. I do not need the whole family. I do not need all the kids coming and trying to put in their skateboards and their backpacks and their suitcase. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to come and I want you to leave it at the back of the car. And then I will pack the car. Because here's what I've learned. The capacity that I can get in my car is determined by the priority in which I put it in, right? If everybody's just throwing their suitcases and skateboards and backpacks in there, it is not going to get all in. But if I put it in there, just, I know the formula. If I know, if I, if I put it in, amen, if I put it in just right, I can get a whole lot more capacity in my car if I take time to, to figure out the priority in which it should go in. And guess what? It's the exact same way in your life. It's the exact same way in my life. The priority determines the capacity. Putting God first in my day, putting God literally first in your day changes the capacity that you can get into your day. I'm always amazed at what I can get done and how I didn't quote-unquote lose ground by coming and seeking God first, taking my worries, taking my stress, given that to him and I think that's why Jesus says there in Matthew chapter 6 he says listen turn to God early and often trust him if you will do that it will change your life worry kind of begins to dissolve away come to God early and often turn to him that's the first thing I've been wrestling through personally to help me re-enter this world here's another thing from the teachings of Jesus and that is this turn over control this is hard. It's hard for me. It may be hard for you. Turn over control. Again, Jesus speaks about this in that same section of Scripture, Matthew chapter 6. Who of you, by worrying, could add a single hour to his life? Really? Can you? Can I? No. But yet, maybe some of you, maybe, maybe this doesn't relate to all of you, but some of you are like me, and, and we lay in bed late, late, late into the night, can't shut the mind off. Worrying about, thinking about, sometimes we don't call it worry, sometimes we call it planning. <laughs> I'm planning, I'm concerned, it's worry. We're trying to figure out how to control all the different things and aspects of our lives, our families, our relationship, our marriage, our job. And, and if we've learned anything over the course of the last year or so, it ought to be that we are not in control. We're not in control. And again, I know some of you right now as I say that are thinking, well, Todd, here's the thing. Okay, here's the thing. I actually, I am in control. That's what some of you are thinking, Todd, I'm doing pretty good. Some Some of these other weak people around me may not be as in control, but I'm in control of my life, Todd. And here's what I would say to you just as lovingly as I can. No, you're not. No, you're not. There may be some little things you have control over, but, but ultimately you are not in control because you know this, all it takes is one bad medical report, one little bit of virus, one small blood clot, one wreck on the freeway, one poor choice and an investment opportunity, any of those things can show us really quickly how little control we actually have. And to live under the impression that you are in control of things in your life when we're actually not under control can add all kinds of worry and stress and depression to our lives. That's why Jesus says, listen, listen, listen. Who of you by worrying can add a single hour to your life? You need to give that to God. You need to trust God in that because he actually is in control. And he can orchestrate things in your life that you can't orchestrate, even though we try. I think sometimes from heaven, don't you think from heaven's perspective, sometimes the way we look down here trying to control things, it has to look silly. It just does. M- maybe the, the way to relate it would be like talking about bowling. I don't know how many of you love to bowl. Some of you may love to bowl. Some of you may be like in a league or something like that. It's like, yeah, I'm actually going to bowl later today. So it's like what I do, I bowl. And some of you may have, maybe you haven't bowled since you were like eight or nine years old, but, but you, know, you know what bowling is. And have, have you, you know, do you know what happens when people bowl? right? You, you see people bowl and they go up and they release, release the ball to, to bowl. You know, you know what happens next, right? When they do that. So, so they got the bowling ball and they go up to that line that we're supposed to stop on. You know, you're supposed to stop at the line. You don't usually stop at the line. You put just a little bit over it, which, which actually is cheating. But you, 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 here's what happens. They, they, they do it and then they let it go. And then as soon as you let go of the ball, you know what happens? What do people do? What do they do? They start talking to it, right? It's like, ah, or they start screaming at it. They start to threaten it. Have you ever seen people who threaten it? Some, of, depending on who it is, you start to curse at it, right? Or you start to, like, hop, you know, or, or contort your body or put up a shoulder like you've got some kind of control, <laughs> right? Here's, here's the thing. Here's the thing. You want to know a secret to a great time bowling? Just take the ball and, and, and go up there to the line and just... Let it go. Let it go. Do everything you can while it's in your control, in your hand. Practice your backswing, your release, all that. But then let it go and quit pretending like you're controlling it. Right? It's, it's the same way in our lives. I think it has to look so silly from heaven sometimes. You know, looking down, going, oh, look at, look, look at what Todd's doing now. Look at him going, all yeah. Staying up all night long, worrying about that. It's going to be fine. And he just stayed up. Yeah, that's... I think there's some similarities there that we think we're in control of this, but we actually aren't. And again, that's why Jesus is saying, listen, listen, listen. When when you admit, when you come to realize in your life, and this isn't a bad thing that we're not in control. I'm not trying to put you down or say that you're a weak person. I'm just saying that we need to lean into God because he is in control of our lives and that he can orchestrate and do things that we can't. Jesus says, listen, you can quote me on this. You can quote me on this. You begin to give your trust to God. Begin to lean into him and give him control, and he can do things you could never imagine. Right? So turn to him early and often. Get up and spend time with him. Surrender over control to God. Here's another thing, uh, a couple things, but before I tell you these, do you know who a guy named Victor Frankl is? Anybody ever heard of Victor Frankl? Uh, you, probably a lot of you have not heard of him. Probably most of you haven't heard of Victor Frankl. I hadn't actually heard about him until. Uh, a month or so ago when I started studying and getting ready for some of these messages this this summer Uh, but to help you understand who he is he's this psychologist guy and you probably know this guy you probably know Sigmund Freud right You, you know Sigmund Freud here's basically what Sigmund Freud said everyone longs for pleasure maybe you studied Sigmund Freud in high school or in college or something like that you had a whole class on just all you know different thoughts and things like that but it boils down to everyone longs for pleasure that's what Sigmund Freud would say Victor Frankl comes along, this other psychologist, he said, that, that's, that's not it at all, really. He says, what happens is everyone longs for purpose. Everyone longs for purpose. And this guy, Victor, it's been so fascinating to study his life, actually. And I've just been doing that for about a month. This is pretty fresh for me, so I don't know everything about him. But Viktor Frankl served all kinds of stressed out, worried, frazzled, suicidal, out-of-balance people who were coming out of the concentration camps in World War II. That's who he served. And listen to me here. Please, please hear my heart on this, view. I'm not trying to relate our recent world and circumstances to the concentration camps or that level of thing in a World War II. But because here's the thing. I, I have been to Auschwitz in Poland. I've been there twice, personally. I've been there, I've stood in those places, and it's the most somber place I've ever stood in my life. There was tremendous isolation and trauma and pain that occurred around that event and that time in history. But here's the truth, also. Here's why I've been interested in this. Over the course of the last year, year and a half, a lot of us, a lot of our kids, a lot of our family have also experienced a lot of trauma, a lot of pain, a lot of isolation, and even death. And, and here's what Victor did. Here's what he did to help these people get through what they had just gone through. Here's what he gave them, okay? And I think this is so good, and it's, it's all based on Scripture. The first thing he did is he gave them meaningful work. Meaningful work. As you come out, as you re-enter into a world that is different, it's good to have meaningful work. Something bigger than yourself. Around here at Parkview... We're always talking about jumping in and serving, right? You need to serve around Orland, around New Linux, around Homer Glen, wherever it is. We, we need you to jump in and serve. And, and we have people in the parking lot and, and we have people working with kids and students and we have people out, you know, in the lobby at guest services and all kinds of people serving and we need you uh, to serve so we can serve others better. But here's the other thing to realize, you also need it. You need it because it allows you to be attached to something that is bigger than yourself, So that's why we need people to serve, but you also need to serve. And when you give your time and energy and efforts to something like this, any campus around Parkview, guess what? Like a couple of weeks ago, when we baptized hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people on one single weekend, everybody who's given their time and energy and effort is part of that, amen? Everybody is part of that. You are a part of something that's bigger than yourself. We are all working together to make the conditions right so that God can give the growth in people's lives. And it's so important as you and I re-enter, no matter what your vocation is and no matter what you do, and it may be an incredible, noble thing, that's fantastic, but even beyond your vocation and what you do for your nine to five most of the week, I would still say it's important for you to really consider around Orland, around Homer Glenn, around New Linux, jump in and serve somewhere and get involved because it's meaningful Work. And it will actually, when you and I begin to do that, it is good for our mental health to be a part of something that is bigger than ourselves. That's why Jesus said, that's why, listen, that's why Jesus himself said, I did not come here to be served, but to what? Be a servant of others. To be a servant of all. Because he knew it was attaching to something that was bigger than even himself. So find some meaningful work Here's the next thing that Victor gave these folks, and that is a caring community of people. A caring community of people. For so many of us, myself included, as we re enter this summer, it looks a lot different than last summer. And over the last year, year and a half, a lot of the community that we had was removed from us. And I know that a lot of us, you know, we, I mean, we found, (laughs) I know I did this, we found ourselves like ordering food to be delivered to our house just so we could interact with people, right? I mean, I know I've done that. Like a few months back, you know, when it was colder, I was, I was at Pastor Tim's house and I'm delivering beggars, not only because it's amazing, but I was delivering beggars to be delivered to Tim because I I wanted to interact with someone. I was lonely. And so the, the, you know, the guy would come and deliver pizza and I'd be like, hey, how you doing? You know how are you? How's your family? You know, are you married? You know, you got kids? What are you doing? Is everything good? You know, and the guy's like, "Hey, I got more pies to deliver." You know that kind of thing. But I, just, I, I, I wanted to know him. And to some of you have been, you have been the same way. And and, and 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 here's the thing: you and I, we we know this. We've talked about this before. We were created for community. It doesn't matter if you've been in church a whole lot or just today is your first time back in church in forever. It doesn't matter if you really believe the Bible or you, you, honestly, you're saying, Todd, I don't even know. I, I, I I don't even know if I'm really in with all this. That doesn't matter. You were created for community. There's something inside you that craves community with God and with other people. There just is. It's built into us. You can't avoid it. We've talked about before how God created a void in us that only He can fill. We need God in our lives. You you need to be on some sort of journey with Him, wherever that is. You need to be on a journey with Him because He's the only one who can fit that. But here's what we don't talk about as often. God also created a human-shaped void in us and then He chose not to fill it. He chose to allow other people to fill that, for us to reach out to other people in friendships and relationships, engagements and marriages and so on and so forth to fill that void, that human void. And I mentioned this to you back three or four months ago. I know I did, but I, I, during this whole deal, I've been very isolated. The work I do, everybody was working remotely. I wasn't around anybody. I was feeling very isolated, very lonely, very disconnected, and I ended up really thinking and praying about it, and I ended up getting very, very vulnerable with a friend, and reaching out to him and saying, hey, I don't know about you, but I really, I need someone that I can like talk with every few days and someone even with masks or whatever I can meet up with every couple weeks. I need that. And by God's grace, he said, you know what? I'm super busy, but I need it too. (laughs) And so we've been doing that now for the last three or four months. And having that person to confide in And have community with it doesn't have to be five or ten or fifty people it can just be one person for you it's a game changer for your mental health and the worry and the stress we were created scripture says for community and I know it's hard but we need to be brave and re-engage and get vulnerable and trust some people in that here's the last thing that Victor did we'll wrap it up with this meaning in your suffering he helped these folks who are coming out of this very traumatic experience find some meaning in their suffering that there was a greater purpose if you will to their pain and scripture speaks about that as well the bible does maybe you're familiar with this it says what a wonderful god we have he is the father our lord jesus christ and the source of every mercy And the one who so wonderfully comforts and strengthens us in our hardships and trials. And why does he do this? Why does God strengthen you and me in our trials and in our hardships? Here's why. So that when others are troubled, needing our sympathy and encouragement, we can pass on to them the same help and comfort that God has given us. There's actually a greater purpose in our pain, in your trauma, in your hurt. And maybe this weekend, you have just gotten through something or you're just on the edge of getting through something in your family or in a relationship or something like that, and there was a lot of pain, and you wondered why God allowed that to happen. And maybe it could be that before long, God is gonna lead you alongside someone else who has also been going through something very difficult and painful, and you're going to be able to give them the encouragement and the sympathy and the care that God and others have also given you. There's a purpose to what we've been through, and there's a purpose to what you're going through right now. If you'll keep your reference point as God, you're gonna get through it, and then he's gonna lead you alongside others who you can also then help get through that same thing. So... Here's the takeaway this weekend, all right? You ready for this? Here's the takeaway. Of these things we've talked about, I want you to pick just one or two of these things, just mentally, if you wanna take a picture of it, we'll just leave it up on screen. This is a good time to pull out your phone, take a picture or grab somebody else's phone take a picture for them because they really need it. Um, <clears throat> just kidding. Um, take a picture of it and just pick one or two of these things that you need to weave into your life in this coming week. And I know some of you, are, you're going to want to do them all. We have overachievers going, I'm doing all those. I mean, I, I'm doing them all today. Don't do them all today. Okay, don't do them all today. Pick pick one or two of these things you want to do. You want to get up early and often. You want to, you want to say, hey, I'm going to do it. I'm going to, I'm going to give it a try this week. I'm going to get up 30 or 60 minutes earlier. I'm going to give that hour to God, and I'm going to see how productive and what I can put into my day. I'm just, I'm just going to give it a shot, just for a week, Todd, just for a week. Okay. I'm going to turn over control. I'm going to, I'm going to quit pretending like I've got control of all this. I'm going to dive in. I'm going to find some meaningful work. I'm going to start to serve on the campus that I'm a part of around Parkview. I'm going to to find out how to do that. I'm going to go online and figure that out. I'm going to talk to somebody today. A caring community of people. I'm going to reach out to someone and just be vulnerable and say, hey, I need somebody to talk with, hang with, be with, do life with. Are you willing? Or also just admit that there could be a meaning to your suffering. And God is with you right now. and People who care for you are with you now. Before long, he's going to lead you along someone else, beside someone else who needs that very same care. Just take a look at this for a minute. Pick out one or two of those things that you could do, wisdom from the Bible, the teaching of Jesus, to help us reenter with balance into our world. Together. God thanks for this weekend thanks for letting us come together and carve out time to sing and point our hearts towards you time to study your word and crack open the Bible and specifically Matthew and the teachings of your son Jesus God I pray that today maybe even if we've heard a lot of these things before God I pray that today maybe light bulbs come on and and we say I get it I, I don't know why but it, it makes sense I need this. I need to be this. I need to do this in my life. God, I pray that you would touch our hearts today with your word and with your spirit. And we would truly be changed and rearranged because of the time we've spent singing, studying, and pointing our hearts towards you, making you our proper reference point. God, we love you. We thank you for this weekend. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Everyone says amen amen all right let's stand up together stand up together as we head out of here may the lord bless us amen may he keep us may he make his face shine upon us be gracious to us may he give us peace in our lives may the grace of our lord jesus christ the love of god the father the fellowship of the holy spirit be with us now and forevermore amen amen have a great weekend friends love
0: you thanks again for listening. Like I mentioned before, we would love to hear from you. And if you want to talk with our team about taking your next step toward God, visit parkviewchurch.com slash next steps to let us know. Now may the grace and peace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God the Father, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you now and forever. See you next time.